All right, welcome back to episode two of the Action Sports Jacks, Brent and Dan podcast. We were renewed. We were. That's exciting. It's pile on with Brent and Dan. <laughs> well, we got piled on by Hurricane Irma in the last couple yeah, of days. Man. And uh, boy, what uh, what an interesting week around here it's been, and it will continue to be with cancellations of football games in the sports world, but uh, more importantly, a lot of people impacted across our area and across the state of Florida. Interesting perspective for the both of us. We were obviously here. You were in Houston. Yeah, I was in Houston, and I, I you know, dealing a little bit with guilt because you leave your family behind, obviously, but got the blessings from the wife and family came up to spend time with her and my son and my other two children came home one was in Fort Myers one is in Tallahassee so they came back so I felt pretty good about it when I talked to Burge beforehand but man it's it, the weird thing about it and we're not meteorologists nor do we play them on TV but the fact that this time the river affected our city as opposed to the ocean was very strange to me and 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 you know just some people have gotten you know devastation but i think the thing that i keep going back to is it seems like everybody's okay and if everybody's okay then there are some major major inconveniences but i'm i'm thankful that everybody's okay yeah people still trying to get power back on and there are some inconveniences it's hot out there's there's right. a lot of that happening um uh, some of us are luckier than others in that regard. But did you, know, you do fun. okay? Your house yeah. is fine. Yeah, we, we had some roof shingles, damage, but uh, yeah, yeah. A little roof damage, some power. But I can't even sit, begin to complain compared right. to what other people are going Correct. through, and we'll continue to go through maybe for the next couple of days, next weeks, and maybe even months. So uh, you, you mentioned Florida. we were in Houston, and it was without a doubt the strangest opening day of the twenty-three we've ever had with the Jags. Yeah, I mean, it it was so weird just going to a city that just went through what we were going through and and kind of being on the back burner for an NFL opening weekend. It was not a lot of buzz really about it. And then, of course, the whole J.J. Watt story and, and, then, and then, you know, and him coming out of the tunnel. It was as big, it was as loud as any college game you've ever been to for that was moment. It? And yet, 30 minutes later... The Texan fans are booing the team. Amazing. Because they're so mad. Which took me back to the last time I was in Houston, which was just last year in November when the Jags fired their coach and the Texans were booing the quarterback then. It was Osweiler. They brought in Savage. Then they went with Savage. They brought in. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy it's, times. It's pretty weird dynamic. First of all, before we get to the football part, yeah. how was Houston? Did you see anything? Any remnants you know, of Harvey or what? And I, we flew in and I looked down and I didn't see anything. Now, we drove, and I obviously on the drive, I looked around, didn't see anything. And then I had one of my friends who lives out in Houston came over, and I was asking him about it. He goes, you just got to go over to the west side, man, of Houston. That's where you know, some of these, you know, it didn't matter who it was. There's just garbage piled up everywhere, and they're still working through it. And a lot of homes, when you get the flooding, it's the damage that to the homes and businesses that throw you up. But you didn't really see any. It looked it looked. The city looked beautiful. Downtown was great. So I think it's interesting. It's kind of like here now. Yeah. You know, you go down to Everbank. It depends where you go. Yeah, you go down to Everbank and you're like, okay. Right. Well, two miles, three miles down the road yeah. in Riverside, right. they just were underwater. San Marco. Uh, same thing with like my house. My neighborhood looks okay. Right. Three miles down the road, it looks like a war zone. It's unbelievable. Uh, with all the trees down. So uh, it, it's been pretty incredible. And incredible, let's talk football now. Obviously, the weather is on our minds and, and the people impacted. And it should be. It will be interesting to see the scene, and you'll be able to tell this. This is now the home opener for the Jags on Sunday. Yeah. There is a little bit of a pride factor, I think, in what's going on in Jacksonville with this storm. Right. And also, 
there is more pride right now about what the Jaguars did performance-wise on Sunday than I can remember coming into a home game, never mind a home opener, but a home game with this much hope since probably 2010 when they were 8-5. and five. I had a moment today, Brent, and it struck me because I've never heard it before. I was out with my younger son, who's 12, goes to all the games at home, you know, like your, like Ty does, your son. And he's walking with a friend of his, and another kid came up on a bike, and the three of them are walking behind me, and they start talking Jaguars football. It stunned me. I almost fell to the ground. Because you have to understand, I've never heard that they were talking about Calais Campbell, and I was like, it's Calais. And, you know, <laughs> but just they knew everything. They were excited, yeah. excited about this Sunday, uh, knowing that there's a home game. It was so neat to see that. And because I've always told them, I'm like, you know, you're an exclusive fraternity. I've, we've always learned, you know, you're one of X amount of cities that has an NFL team. You were born in a city that has an NFL team. How cool is that? Embrace this team. This is your team. And I've always sort of taught my kids that. And my older son is more of a college football fan, but is home from Tallahassee this week. I said, when are you going back? He goes, Sunday after the game. How about that? So, I mean, it's just neat to see that. That tells me that people who have been starving for a winner are taking notice already. And they should after that great performance. Now, long way to go, obviously. Yeah, Stuart and I were out doing a little storm coverage, and one of the ideas we had on Sunday was to go to watch somebody. Right. Uh, I think that was your idea. I don't it, know if that was Stuart's. Yeah, Stuart, I don't want to give credit where credit is Yeah, to. that's true. He didn't, want, he didn't want to leave his you house. You dragged him along uh, a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, so we actually, we th- it's not really much of a watch party when there's a hurricane going on, right? Right. But we go to uh, a, a guy's house, and he has a 12-year-old kid, too. He's wearing a Jalen Ramsey jersey. Right. And it's 19 to 7 after that touchdown. Right. And he's like, oh, I no. got a feeling they're going to lose. But that's the mentality. And, and then that's to fair. See that flip, it's fair. Right? But that flipped on Sunday. Yeah. And did it flip for the long term or the short term is what we're about to find out, I think, right. with this game on Sunday. Are they for real? And uh, listen, that was as. Nobody, even the national guys, aren't talking about it enough. No. It was the most impressive performance of the opening week. No question. Quite, I don't think, that, well, actually, Kansas City. Kansas City yeah, was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So I give the nod to Kansas City. But after that, the Jags were, that defensive performance, nobody in the NFL other than the Steelers had more than five sacks in the entire week. Yeah. I mean, that was a dominating performance. It was fantastic. And the thing that stood out above all and we've broken it down so many ways and I'm sure you'll agree is the offensive line we can talk about the 10 sacks and how great the corners played and how great the defense was and the four turnovers that won the turnover battle and the response by the offense to get that touchdown at 19 to 7 that's all great but nobody saw that coming from the offensive line no nobody Leonard helps Leonard turns two-yard gains into four- and five-yard gains, so that helps. Chris Ivory ran hard, but that offensive line, there were holes there. Blake Bortles didn't get touched until late in the game. One time he got thrown down and the ball fluttered out. He played He played well as well as a game manager, 21 attempts. So you're right. It was just a impressive win, and you, you don't feel it's fluky, but we're going to get some answers on Sunday because I got news for you. Houston's got some, a lot of issues. 
They do. Tennessee is a good football team. Yeah, they're good, not great. Not you great, know, and but so they're good. If you're good, you they're better be than able, Houston. They are better than Houston. Yeah. Houston's not good. They've got a lot of problems. They're very one-dimensional, and they might not even be that dimension. Brian Cushing out for saw. ten games, yeah. by the way. A little substance abuse well, to, to or talk PEDs. About, I'm yeah, sorry. to talk <laughs> about that offensive line. Listen, yeah. they were fired up in the locker room on Wednesday. Chip on the they shoulder. They were not happy. I mean, I go shocked actually. I was yeah. not. I figured we'd get this week. Well, you guys doubted us, and yeah. we told you. And and I, and my response to that is, listen, you guys had gave us no evidence right. to support <laughs> that to give you a chance. So I'm not going to back off that. Right. But Cam Robinson, a guy who played his first game, he was maybe the one that had the chip the most in that locker room today. Huh? He was a, all of a sudden three cameras go around. And he's yeah. like, oh, now all the cameras. Well, we were there we're, last Wednesday, we were Cam. For you too. We were there last Wednesday, Cam. But they used, but they used that. No, they, it's good. You don't good. see NFL teams use that yeah. very often. They kind of shut that out. Yeah. And they play football. At least in this instance, they use the the media is killing us. The fans are killing us. We're better than they think they are. That J.J. Watt and Clowney and Merciless aren't as good as they think they are. Yeah. Marone used that to their advantage uh, uh, this agree. week in prepar- that last week in it, preparation, and it worked. It's funny that Cam admitted it because I went up to Linder after the game and asked him the same thing. Hey, this is your chance to crow. Well, let's be honest. We all doubted you and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we don't pay attention to that, blah, blah, blah. But yet I saw him coming down the tunnel and he after the win to go into the locker room and expletive deletives were flying. He was, <laughs> he was fired up, and rightfully so. Again, it was, nobody saw it coming. Maybe they surprised themselves a little bit, but they played well. Was I wrong? Expletive deletives. Expletive deletives. Expletive deletives. Expletive deletives. It's fun. It rolls better with that. And by the way, this is a podcast. I have... You could say whatever you want. I could have said what he said on the podcast. We think we're still checking that with the FCC. I'm pretty sure we could go with that. I think we can too. By the way, here's Cam Robinson Wednesday in the locker room. All week leading up, it was a it was a thing. Um, Our offensive line versus their um, defensive line. Everyone wanted to make it a thing, but at the end of the day, it's football. Did you guys use that a little bit? As motivation? Do we use what? The fact that it was a thing. Your offensive line against their front. For you guys, it was a thing. For us, it was football. Um, so we didn't really, but I mean, I think for us it's big to go out there with the same mindset, no matter who we're playing. All right, so there you go. You get a sense of uh, what Cam Robinson and that line were thinking. You know He's what? got That's some okay. swag about him, dude. I he like him. He dominated Clowney. Yeah, he played well. He dominated him. Yeah. You know, and that guy's won a lot of football games. He hasn't lost a lot over yeah. the last few years. He played I think he kind of knew he was good. And by the way, we don't hear all the, we're, we're guilty of it as well. What about the offensive line? Why didn't they draft a guard? A guard like Feeney, you mean, who missed the block that allowed the field goal to get kicked on Denver in the Denver-San Diego game the other night? That guy? Mm. Yeah, they look smart. Hey, listen, we said, we said all along, let's hope they're smarter than we are all making them out to be. And at least for a game. For a game. They were. Now, we got a long way to go, man. we got 15 games. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I don't know at what point we're wrapping up. I can go on forever. But I'll tell you this, Brent. The AFC South's not a strong division. No. If you can manage 4-2 and two even in the division, 5-1, and one, you also have games against the Browns, the Niners, the Rams, and the Jets. That's four. Yes. You're 5-1, and one, you get four. You got nine, you win the division. Absolutely. Without beating anybody. You can. I mean, if you can do that. And that gives you a split with Tennessee, if you can do that. Now, look, long way to go. But I maintain, and I think we've said this all along, the schedule is manageable. It is definitely manageable. It's manageable. I've actually said it's easy. You hate to say that in the NFL, because <laughs> nothing's easy. But but it's as easy as it can it's get. It's just so refreshing and fun. I think we put them in the Super Bowl, obviously, on 
you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, and, you know, we get caught up in it. And, and I think that's okay this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. You got to go back to 2011 since you won an opener. That's a long time. I hate to even rattle off some of the stats. Well, that's why you. it's okay it's to get so, wrapped up in it. Ugh. Let's have the seven days to say, hey, we're going to be great. And if they stink on Sunday, well, then they stink. But let's enjoy the fact that we can say they're great right now. I like now. that. You know, and that's okay. All right, quick hitters before we go. Yeah. Uh, Gators in Tennessee, this is a huge game for McElwain. Yeah, it's always huge. It's Tennessee. It's the first SEC game, but you get the feeling. Look, they haven't started 0-2 since, I think, 71. and they lost 71, and they lost to Duke and Mississippi State. 0-2 would be devastating for this program because there's going to be a lot of noise in the system. People are going to lose faith. And he had built up a little bit of recruiting momentum if it's a still plotting offense, you wonder if that will change a little bit over these next couple months. He's got to keep going. I didn't like how he looked today in his press conference. I'm yeah. a little more concerned. I kind of thought Florida will win this game. I don't think Tennessee's that good. I don't think Florida's great, but I think they're better than Tennessee. Yeah, I don't think Tennessee's very good, but they need a little swagger back. What you saw in the press conference was a Jim McElwain that's a little downtrodden. They're going to move Nussmeyer up to the press box. I don't know what I that does. I don't think that does anything, but uh, whatever. Yeah. You're moving the, you the, candle, try something. the, the seats a little bit. The well, you chairs. know what that does? You start down here, you go up to the press box. If that doesn't work, you go out the door. <laughs> that's so that's basically that it. Means. Yeah. Uh, hey, Florida State's going to basically get a new training camp for their new quarterback that's great this actually them. is a good break for a them great break and, and here's what you do we know their defense is tremendous so we're doing a lot of live one-on-one uh, ones against ones over the next two weeks and then when he trots out against nc state who's pretty good by the way pretty good uh uh but it, they ain't fsu good it'll it'll be a little bit more you know a little bit easier for him i think uh how he goes so i would do a lot of that over these next couple of weeks and really get after it with their ones against the number one offense yeah all these uh, changes uh, impacting the college football world uh, by the way i picked georgia to go to the final four. Oh, georgia got a big win i don't know if their final four good i still yeah. don't know that they're gonna have to get a lot better yeah but that was a huge win for georgia great win and great you know and i this is why they should play these games Georgia had 40,000 40, people in incredible. South Bend. They went to Wrigley and South Bend. The Gators had 40,000 in Dallas. Uh, FSU. Falcons, too, by the way. Bears that weekend. Oh, yeah, Falcons-Bears. Good point. So you could stay for that, too, if you're if you're a Georgia fan. That's Stuart you're probably, Weber, everybody. Yeah, Stuart Weber chiming in. Podcast. He's not in the podcast, going, is he? I, I'm not in the graphic. He's not in. We don't, yeah. <laughs> frustrates him uh but yeah so anyway i like those type of games and, and i'm glad and it was a great win for georgia and they have they have some thumpers on defense man uh they're the best team in the east i'll say that right now yeah they gotta be i don't think they're great but they're the best team in the east and south carolina took a backup quarterback and went up and went oh stop with the south carolina south carolina's 2-0 stop but you gotta give them a little love uh last thing yeah uh we finally, we've been waiting. How long have you been waiting? I've been waiting a decade. Okay. Trinity and Bowles, Friday night, and it's really the only game in town. Everything's canceled pretty wow. much. And Trinity and Bowles will play Friday night. Can't that wait. That place should be packed. I bet you'll see Jags players there. I bet you'll see a lot of the high school football community there. Yeah. Now, it's not Corky Rogers and Verlin Dormany. Yeah. It came a year later. Yeah. Oh, it's a Corky will be there, though. He'll be there. <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait. That's, Do you remember that's... the last time they played? I don't know the history of that. 2000. 2000. 2000. Okay. So 17 years since they played. And you know what? Honestly, they should have been playing. I don't know which one, which, I don't know the 
history of the programs in terms of who wouldn't play or if yeah, they yeah. call them, why don't we play, no, or if they even talked. They should have been playing all these years. Yeah. All right, hey, that's going to do it for the Pile On with Brent and Dan podcast. You don't we get this inside anywhere else. Hey, you know, we got a little delay. We talk a little weather. Yeah. By the way, I hope you don't mind. I had Borish and Biedenbaugh on the podcast over the weekend because you were in Houston. That frustrates me, but I'll roll with it. It, it, it got a lot more hits than our first one. Did it? No. <laughs> So this might be episode three. Is this episode three? <laughs> I think that was episode one and a half. Yeah, there we go. We had an, an, an intermediate episode. All right, that's I didn't it. know about that. Join us every single week, usually on Mondays. This week, a little delay. Thanks for joining us.